Yes, this is Free Talk Live, the live Monday night edition. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. With you in the studio tonight, it's... It's Ian. And nobody. And, of course, I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. This Monday evening, I had some other stories prepped, but uh, I read one today that sort of uh, caught me by the heartstrings. There's apparently... Over 100,000 crew members. You know, if you trim those, they won't get snagged on things. (laughs) (laughs) I'll uh, I'll have to grab my heartstring trimmers. It's a good plan. Apparently, there's over 100,000 crew members that are, for all intents and purposes, uh, hostages or prisoners on cruise ships. Uh, Crew members. Crew members. Not the passengers. Not the passengers. The passengers have all been otherwise you know, disembarked from their respective ships. Uh, There was some folks who were just getting on the ships, you know, to go to work for, to go to work early March or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, mid March Mm -hmm. uh, while, you know, sort of rotating, you know, they come in while others are are coming out, that kind of a thing. Others were told that, uh, Oh yeah, you know, it'll pass in two weeks because that's what the government was telling everybody. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't need to quarantine for two weeks. And the expectation of course was that, you know, this would all sort of go away in like a month, kind of like the SARS did back in the day, and that, you know, life would return to normal, which it, of course, hasn't. Um, there's been a couple of suicides as a result of uh, folks who just are losing their mind because they're literally stuck on these cruise ships in, you know, at first crew quarters. Uh-huh. And then after some time, they kind of let them out into uh, the regular the rooms. Know, the, the rooms, you know, but, you know, one per room, of course, and. <laughs> That kind of a thing, uh, you know. There was some. Some of them had communal meals without social distancing. Mm-hmm. Some of them were just like, "No, we're just going to deliver you your three hots to your room, and you're going to stay inside your room." Uh, they threatened. Did all they of give these them people. an hour a day out? That's what they did when we yeah. were in solitary. Yeah. So it, this article goes in depth into all of that, and we can talk about this, of course. Uh, I have some other stuff to bring up as well. I know there was uh, some talk about uh, the South Jersey gym reopens in defiance of governor's order. Uh, this is a an instance where uh, this gym was closed because of coronavirus. The guy said he was going to open. The cops showed up and said, no, you're closed. They posted a sign on his business that mm-hmm. says this business is closed due to uh, COVID-19. And the guy promptly removed the sign and replaced it with the Bill of Rights. Nice. Yes. So uh, we could talk more about that as well. Uh, and then we also have, uh, nobody, you dropped this one in, and I thought the headline was enticing. Federal government buys riot gear and increases security funding, citing the coronavirus pandemic. They didn't See, already have riot th- gear? Well, they bought more, apparently. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I mean, they've got a lot, but, you, you know, you can't have too much riot gear. The funny <laughs> thing is, I think the thing that I intended to to put in the hopper yeah. was the one before about the New Jersey gym oh, okay. and the cops saying, have a nice day. But it's a good idea to uh, to cover the riot gear, too, because, you know, the, the riot gear will definitely cover you. Uh, well, and we all know what happens when the police show up at a riot, right? Uh, they cause it. <laughs> That's right. Nightsticks and uh, you know other assorted 
atrocities from the yeah, police. So, they, uh, that was a common thing at the, at the University of Michigan. I, I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And, um, the students, after a big win, would all go and mill about in the streets. And it was generally pretty peaceful until the police would mm. show up and tear gas them, yep. at which point there would be a riot. And I was driving cab in these days, and uh, I actually saw one of my, my, my bros get his cab tur- flipped over by oh, the irate students. But the reason they were irate was they'd been tear gassed. Yeah, I uh, lived in Seattle when the WHO riots ensued. Uh, my girlfriend at the time had gone downtown with a group of friends to go and check out the riots. And in hindsight, she claimed it was a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, but of course, uh, the story is just from on the ground about what the police did and how they function and how they operated without a care for anybody. Uh, no, you know, no, no concern about anybody's safety. Yeah. Well, that happened here in Keene. Uh, Six years ago, there was a Pumpkin Fest riots that went down here. I partially read something about that. Tell me more about that, because I find that interesting, because Pumpkin Fest sounds so not riot-esque. Well, it actually didn't happen at Pumpkin Fest. It happened in the college neighborhood, which was about three streets away. Yeah. Um, but it's just what nobody said. The cops had, in the afternoon, they'd broken up what they call a, uh, a day party or a darty or whatever they call them around here. Uh, You've got to get up pretty early in the morning if you're going to drink all day. Yeah. That's Uh, true. Apparently it was like 1.30 in the afternoon. The cops broke up a day party, uh, and they forced everybody that was at that party to leave. And so then you got angry, drunken uh, students and young people in the streets, not you know, with nowhere to really go. And the right. cops basically caused this uh, this issue. This is from what some of the students were were telling us. Uh, and of course, they proceeded to continue to drink and and roam around, and that led to more police response, and it led to more outrage and anger among the students and. They set a couch on fire in the middle of the road. At one point, there was a huge bottle war on one street where there were probably 200 or more uh, people in the streets just wow. throwing throwing bottles uh, back and forth and beer cans. I caught uh, probably about 10 minutes of that uh, on video. Oh, wow. Up on uh, one of the stu- – I showed up just to, you know, like your girlfriend was saying, check out the riots and see how things were going down there. Right, right. And I witnessed this bottle war. One of the kids in the on the street let me go up on his second floor and pop out the window so I could get like an upper bird's shot. eye view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so the police showed up uh, in large numbers. They brought out you know armor and vehicles and paintball guns, and they were shooting pepper ball paintballs wow. at people apparently. Uh, to so you know they, they didn't actually shoot anybody with real bullets so there is that uh, but you know they were definitely coming in with serious use of force and they had the helicopter with the loudspeaker telling people that they had to leave a certain area did et they cetera, roll out the bear cat the bear cat was rolled out however it was not utilized they uh-huh. had it parked down the street they had it ready yeah, so it was pretty crazy. That's and, pretty amazing for a town, you know, 25,000 people, whatever it is. Right. You know. Well, once you have a bear cat, you have to use it. That's the rule. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess that's how they feel about it anyway. But uh, we'll, of course, talk more about all of this stuff and take uh, your calls and your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. You can also get us on our Discord at discord.lrn.fm. Uh, and just to kick things off, there's two parts to this story, and I'll, I'll of course, post the link. I don't think we're going to get th- to the second part, but the second part was really the – it's the story of this guy and his girlfriend and 
they are at first quarantined together in the same room. And then, of course, the cruise line separates them uh, because they have to transfer one. He's from like Argentina or something, and she's from Illinois. And so, so they met each other at work, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they separate them, and it, it just. It really kind of hit me, you know. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's a sad story." So I'll, of course, post a link. But to kick things off, um, they show a picture of a Janice Bernstein, not Berenstein. This isn't the Mandela <laughs> effect. Uh, she lost her job and then lost her mind in the eight weeks since her workplace Uh-oh. was shut down by coronavirus stay-at-home orders. She and almost two million Floridians have struggled to claim unemployment checks. Uh, from the state. So these folks who work on, turns out that a lot of these cruise ships are obviously, they don't base their businesses in the U.S. Right. And so if you're an employee and you're furloughed or laid off or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the terminology is for you don't cruise get ships, unemployment. it's more difficult apparently mm-hmm. to collect unemployment. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to get it anyway because the state websites keep going down from what I understand. Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, so in the avenue of ocean that stretches from Miami to Cuba and northeast to the Bahamas, dozens of cruise ships sail back and forth. Every so often they come to Florida to refuel and restock. Otherwise, they wait. Uh, the crew members on board, many no longer receiving paychecks, wait for news about when they will return home and see their families again. So two months Yeah, later. two months later. So 855 450 free. If you are a cruise ship employee, uh, we'd love to hear from you. 855 450 free, like freedom. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, the live Monday night edition. everybody yes you are in the right place for the live monday night edition of free talk live the live talk radio show where you can take control of the airwaves our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE like freedom that's 855-450-3733 and uh, you can also find us at discord.lrn.fm and if you do call in using the discord server you can sound Almost as if you're sitting right here in the studio with us. Mm-hmm. And in said studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. We were talking a bit about over 100,000 crew members who are trapped on cruise ships that aren't allowed to port anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll tell you more about that. But first... Yeah, first, uh, Bitcoin.com, great place to go if you want to learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. And I think a lot of people are looking at Bitcoin Cash right now because the uh, Bitcoin, the original Bitcoin fees are insane at the yeah, moment. Yeah, they've gone way up because of the, the halvening. No, it was before the halvening. Really? Uh, that they, Haven't they, they increased yeah. since the halving? I mean, a little bit, but uh, okay. you know, no, it was like three bucks beforehand, and it's I, like three I, or four bucks, you know, right now. I thought it was like five bucks. Well, something. it depends on how much you're gonna. You're. Uh, it depends on the size of the transfer. The trade, right. Anyway, if you want to learn the basics about cryptocurrencies, get on over to Bitcoin.com. They can help you with that, and they got a great news site as well that keeps you up to date with what the latest is in the world of cryptocurrency. So whether you're uh, an old school crypto person or you're brand new, Bitcoin.com is a great site to go and learn. That's Bitcoin.com. I do love their beginner section. Mm. I've I've turned several folks onto their beginner section just you know for their videos and that kind of thing because sometimes right. just being exposed to it helps people out. And they're like, oh, I kind of get what you mean now about some of the 
nomenclature and some of the terminology surrounding it. So uh, mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, so anyway, we were talking about these, you know, more than 100,000 folks uh, who many are no longer even receiving paychecks. They've been stuck at sea literally for months now. How many uh, people work on an average cruise ship? I mean, it's got to be a few hundred, right? I would guess. A couple yeah. hundred, yeah. 300, I, I, four? I believe they mention in here, and I believe it's in the hundreds. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, a larger cruise ship, obviously, is sure. going to have. I mean, they have everything from janitors to IT right. staff. Right, you know, uh, concierges, right? All the people you know, in the kitchen, the and bartenders, the waiters. waiters, waitresses, you know, the maids, pool attendants, yep. you know, water the entertainment. people, the all the entertainers, yep. of course. So yeah, it's definitely in the hundreds, and because of the government crackdown due to COVID nineteen, many of these countries have their borders closed, and so what so that means you can't come back. You can't come back even if you're from there correct really yes uh now there's a few exceptions to this uh and we'll get into that mm-hmm. uh, as the article goes on but essentially uh these folks you know many of them are not even receiving paychecks uh and they don't have you know access to news about when they will return home and see their families again now some people would uh would figure you know two months on a cruise trip is basically like a really nice vacation but not if you're held against your will. Right. It probably you, changes how it feels. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. So a, a cruise ship, you know, I don't care how comfortable the prison is. If you're a, held there against your will, it's still prison nonetheless. Yeah. Right. And that's precisely what has happened here is these cruise ships have turned into prisons for these folks. Even though, you know, they have a bar, they have swimming pools, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, well, yeah, but can you use the swimming pool under social distancing? Well, and, and so there within lies the rub. So more than 100,000 crew members remain trapped at sea with little reliable information about what will happen to them. Uh, most Man. passengers were able to get off the cruise ships by early April, but crew members have largely remained stuck. During the prolonged isolation, the virus continued to spread through the ships. At least 578 crew contracted COVID-19 at sea, and seven have died, according to a Miami Herald analysis. This article from the Miami Herald, by the way. Uh, At least two crew members have leapt overboard in apparent suicides. Wow. I mean, if you're stuck inside of a tiny room on a cruise ship for uh, eight weeks, I guess it's been at least, you know, here Mm -hmm. on the land anyway. Since everything's I been think time down. passes at the same rate at sea. It's not like space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having been a commercial fisherman for, well, I'll call it a season, uh, I can tell you that the difference between being encapsulated on a boat voluntarily and not being able to get off, you know, at the next stop, uh, is quite stark. Uh, at least two members leapt overboard in apparent suicide on May tenth. A 39-year-old crew member from Ukraine on the Regal Princess ship died after jumping overboard while the ship was anchored off Rotterdam, Netherlands. Mm. Late last month, a crew member jumped off Royal Caribbean's uh, Jewel of the Seas ship while it was near Greece. His body was never found. I'm an Eleuthromaniac. I know we've talked about Eleuthromaniac. What is that? This is a person who has an uh, insatiable desire for freedom. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That's the definition. That's of probably why you're e- here. Eleuthrom- that is exactly why yeah. I'm here, as a matter of fact. And <laughs> I would maintain that, well, you folks here probably, in the studio, yeah. and probably most of our hosts are also Eleuthromaniacs to one extent or another. And 
when it comes to, you know, I, when I'm without my car, if my car's in the shop for an extended mm-hmm. period of time and I don't have wheels, I start feeling like the Get walls antsy. are- Yeah, you know, I won't say claustrophobic, but mm-hmm. that's probably the closest analogy I can come to. So I can imagine somebody who might be in a Luther maniac and aren't really aware that that's what they are. I mean, these a lot of these folks who join these ships do it because they're like, oh, adventure, I want to see the world, it'll be fun. And so there's an element of a Luther mania behind their motivation to get these jobs. And so when they're told they can't leave, I mean, what does that do to a person's psyche? They probably also, uh, I'm going to just guess, take these jobs because they pay better than wherever it is, you know, whatever crappy country they come from. Because there's a lot of people... Uh, very international cruise, right? Like right. I, I haven't been on a cruise ship since I was a kid. I went on a couple with my parents when I was younger. But one of the things that was particularly noteworthy was this, you know, the fact that these waiters and such, the folks that were on the crew, were from all over the world. Yes. And so, I mean, this is a good opportunity for them, meaning the cruise ship can probably pay them a lot less than what they would pay Americans yep. to do those roles. But they're paying them more than what they would get paid to, you know, work as a waiter at some restaurant and you know, wherever BF, you know, country they're from. Before my first attempt to move to New Hampshire, maybe it was after. I think it was after. It was after my first attempt failed horribly, and I crawled back to Seattle to sort of recoup and figure out how I was going to, you know, make attempt number two. Did you get lost? No, I got into an accident. Oh, good uh, Lord. I left in April, first week of April. Maybe it was the first week of March. I think like a you month, mean like five years soon. ago. Five, it's almost six years six. ago now. Uh, I packed up all my stuff into a trailer, uh, towed it behind my Toyota 4Runner, and and I made it over. I made it almost to Spokane, Washington, and I hit black ice. <sighs> rolled the thing uh, uh, several times. Uh, the trailer came loose, and you know I broke the axle. Uh, all of my earthly belongings were spilled oh, out God. along the side of the freeway. Oh, good so, lord! Yeah, I, and That's like not the how you phoenix, I rose from the ashes, <laughs> and now I'm here. But I looked into working on a cruise ship as a way oh, to like not have to pay rent and save money to make the move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked into that. So I kind of have an idea of what it takes. 855 450 free like freedom. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com yes it's free talk live the live monday night edition welcome back everybody our toll-free number here is 855-450-3733 that's 855-450-FREE, like freedom. You can call and take control of the airwaves. With you tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. And we've been talking about over 100,000 crew members who are stranded, literally, almost hostage-like, if not prison-like, on the cruise ships in which they work, many of them not even getting paid. Uh, this article is from the MiamiHerald.com. 
likely a love boat. Yeah, I was thinking of like <laughs> Gopher Soon and we'll Isaac. Be making and, yeah. another run. But now it's the prison boat, right? The jail boat. That's essentially what it's become. When these cruise companies first shut down operations on March 13th, there's my favorite date again. It's not, it's not my favorite. They expected to cancel cruises for up to 30 days, believing the crisis would quickly pass, much like the 2002 SARS pandemic that killed fewer than 800 worldwide. And they would be up and running again soon. Some crew were sent home in March, including many entertainment employees, while some new crew members were brought on. But on April 9th, which almost a month later, the U.S. CDC uh, banned cruising in U.S. waters through at least July. So these cruise ships can't even come into U.S. waters, much less port. Citing ongoing outbreaks among crew who remained on ships, the CDC put new rules in place, limiting repatriation to private transportation and requiring cruise line executives to sign legal agreements, assuring the agency's health rules will be followed. Some countries, including Haiti and the Philippines, are requiring crew members to be tested before they can return. And we know all about the availability of the COVID-19 tests. And Oh, yeah, you got to be tested, but we don't have any tests, so you're just going to have to wait. Schrodinger's patient. Uh, others, like Grenada, want cruise companies to pay for a land-based quarantine once crew members arrive. You can imagine the cruise company's reaction. Mm. This is totally a new situation for everybody, said uh, Teo Niamila editor of Cruise Business Magazine, there is no guidebook for this. Some crew members have spent days in small windowless rooms with no information about when they will be going home as their ships float in and out of U.S. port areas. Some are on long journeys. They, Sorry. Some are on long journeys crossing the Atlantic Ocean without any assurance of their home countries or when they'll be allowed to dock. Some were told for weeks that their ships were virus-free, only to see colleagues quietly evacuated to Miami hospitals days later. Many feel like an afterthought after watching cruise companies use diplomatic and logistical channels to promptly repatriate passengers, Mm -hmm. but not crew members. The delayed repatriation process could jeopardize the industry going forward, said Rockford White's director of the Maritime Studies at uh, Tufts University well, yeah, Fletcher be, School. It's going to be harder to you know get people to fill these roles because I imagine a lot of these folks are not going to want to come back uh, after they've been treated like this. I mean, would you? Mm. Right? No, if you no. took a job on a cruise ship and then all of a sudden you were, for all intents and purposes, a hostage of the boat. You can't yep. go home. You can't get a helicopter off. You can't get a boat onto land. You're not allowed to dock in any port because all the governments have closed their borders to these people. What does that do to you? What's that photo of with the people standing around the... This is here that? is uh, crew members on Royal Caribbean's Majesty of the Seas cruise ship demand answers from the captain, not me, about when they will be going home on May 15th. And there's what, like dozens and dozens of people standing on yeah. the deck. Nobody's doing social distancing. They, they are wearing masks. Are they really? Yeah. Uh, I uh, get happy but- when I see people not social distancing. There was a, a bar that opened up back in town here today with an outdoor seating area, and plenty of people were not seated. They were just standing nice. around talking to one another, and I was like, yes, I honked when I went by. Nice. Yeah, I heard reports of that myself. I drove by a place that I know has a rather large outdoor seating area. Mm-hmm. I heard you know, voices, so there were obviously people outside enjoying themselves, having a beer or whatever, but I couldn't tell how busy 
you know, from just driving by. But I kind of went out of my way before popping into the studio here just to see. I would call the place I, I drove by unusually busy for its outdoors. But then again, you couldn't be inside. So right, I, you just I know we're getting off the the article here a little bit, but did you say or did somebody say in one of the chats that there was? Uh, maybe they were requiring you to wear a mask to come inside, to, like go use the John or no. any of the vending machines, anything no. like that. Okay, that's cool. I I, I like that. Yep. Uh, now, I th- as of right now, from what I understand, in New Hampshire, there is not a requirement uh, for customers to wear masks. There's a recommendation, I believe, by the the state government, but not a requirement. Uh, let's go ahead and go to some of your calls and your thoughts. We're going to go to. Farmer Garrick, who's calling from central Illinois. Farmer Garrick, can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, thanks. Um, Just some thoughts. I did spend eight and a half years working on cruise ships. I worked in the entertainment department, so working my way up. And eventually, you guys were mentioning, kind of worked my way up. I worked my way up to cruise director. Okay. And um, I had somewhat of a similar experience. Experience, obviously not with the the situation with the COVID going on right now, but I did have in the middle of one of my contracts where the uh, the cruise line went bankrupt in the middle of the you know in the middle of a cruise in the middle of you know and this cruise line had seven ships at the time and um, just uh, it, looking at these uh, situations right now with the COVID. It's it's uh, it, once again it's it's the governments that are involved that are not allowing these ships to dock in the ports. It's mm-hmm. not that the it's not that the crew members don't want to get off and couldn't get off. Um, I haven't heard your whole discussion. I joined in about twenty minutes ago, uh-huh. listening, and it's it's the fact that the governments aren't letting them off the ships uh, to you know make their way home. And we had those issues when when the cruise line that I was on went bankrupt. Uh, you know, we were able to get the passengers off the ship relatively quick within, I would say, within a week. But then uh, the majority of the crew was stuck around for, well, on a few of the cruise ships for maybe a week or two. And then uh, where I met my wife on the cruise ships, she was on the same cruise line, but on a different cruise ship. She was stuck in Spain for a month and a half wow. before they ever worked anything out. And so when she was stuck, was she stuck on the ship or was she, you know, given... She was stuck on the ship, yes. Uh, the only difference was, obviously, they, they weren't nec- they were they weren't being quarantined at the time, so they could leave the ship at night. But the circumstances were not necessarily great because, uh, you know, the ships are run very, very much... I, I, I never was involved in the military, but they, I've been told it was very much like a naval situation. Yeah. You know, we basically kind of fi- you know follow those kind of structures you know where you have a you know you're basically the captain and everything down underneath that right so it was not with the same structure and a little bit scary in certain circumstances because you know uh the company had abandoned the ship and the sh- uh, at that <laughs> time the bank took over the ship because wow. the bank you know the company went bankrupt so it was a little bit different but the crew members have to be going crazy especially if they're just uh they're out floating around. Did you get stiffed on uh, on getting paid for those weeks? No, because uh, because of the bankruptcy, the the bank settled as soon as you flew out the day they signed you off the ship. You got paid. Wow. 
So, do but you, that was a bankruptcy situation, right? Do you still know folks in the industry? Do you keep in contact with anybody? Do you know any? We uh, um, that was a while ago. That was I. I got off the ships about uh, fifteen years ago. So I, we know a few people. Uh, the few that we do know, my wife keeps more contact with. There, there, they were able to get off and the ships and get home to their home countries. Um, but I, I have heard about this, just not uh, any firsthand accounts of people that are still floating around. All right. Well, thank you for the call tonight, Farmer. Let us know if you have any other updates and give us a call if you know anything more about that. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. I, I can't tell you. I mean, as an Eleuthermaniac, I would go nuts if I were stuck on a ship like this. I, I don't know what I would do. Uh, we've got more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Everybody, the live Monday night edition of Free Talk Live. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. You can call in and take control of the airwaves and talk about, well, whatever you'd like to talk about. With you in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. And I wanted to tell you about AnyPay. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Because now with AnyPay, you can earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, there's a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you receive the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business. Could be your business. Could be your friend's business. Could be a business you frequent that you just want them to take crypto. And once it's installed there, tell us what you did at anypayinc.com. That's anypayinc.com. And you will get a piece of every Dash or Bitcoin Cash transaction. And I can't think of a cooler incentive to spread decentralized payment methods like Bitcoin Cash and Dash than that. And the guys at AnyPay have done a bang-up job. Kudos. Indeed. Uh, let's go to more of your calls and your thoughts. We have Johnny calling in from Argon, North Carolina. Is that, Am I pronouncing that right, Johnny? Yes, you are. All right. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, do you guys think Michael Jackson actually touched them kids? That's an excellent question. I don't know. What's the joke about what is Michael Jackson like about 26-year-olds? There's 20 of them. That's right. Um. <laughs> Oh my yeah, God, I personally don't. Taking over the airways. Huh? I'm on the phone. Yes, yep. we know you're on the phone. He's no, no longer on the phone. Well, thanks for the call <laughs> tonight, Arjun. All right. Well, he was on the phone, and he was not afraid to let that be known. On the phone again. <laughs> he Here just can't I wait to this. get on the phone again. All right. So, uh, Ian, you had uh, something that you mentioned I have all kinds of things. during the break. Uh, what, what things would you it was, like? It was the update on the, was it the salon? Which salon? Oh, There have been a myriad of salons, salons in the news. I have uh, salon uh, news about the Texas regulators dropping cases That's against salons one. and barbershops. I've yes. got a story about a Michigan barber stripped of his license because he uh, operated during the shutdown. 
Uh, I got a salon owner in New Hampshire suing the governor over the state of emergency order. Nice. So you want to hear the Texas story? Yeah. I just want to point out, though, that I'm really heartened, as opposed to disheartened, by things like seeing Wisconsin open up the bars Mm -hmm. and them just going, hey, you know what? We're just going to do what we're going to do. And if you want to come and participate and go to a bar or restaurant, you are free to do so. If you wish to remain quarantined, you are also free to do that. You've always been free to quarantine yourself. Yeah. Anytime you want, you can just go right ahead and quarantine yourself. You don't need to control other people's lives. I don't think I have seen a government give up that kind of control at least in recent memory. Once they take something away from you, you rarely get it back. And so I'm, I'm slightly heartened by these things. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know how much heartened you should be because from what I understand, the Wisconsin situation... I said slightly. Yeah. Uh, I, from what I understand, the Wisconsin situation is very political. Now, you know, you've got like a, apparently a Democrat governor and there's been a lot of pushback against that particular individual. So it might have just been... That the uh, the Republicans on the Supreme Court wanted to show the you know teach the Democrats a lesson or something like that. It could have been something as simple as that. But don't look a gift horse in the mouth, I suppose. Uh, right, the right. update here from Austin, Texas, is that barbershops, and this is, by the way, from DallasNews.com, barbershops and salons that defied a statewide order to close will not be penalized by state regulators after Governor Greg Abbott changed the shutdown rules in response to the jailing of the Dallas salon owner. So as you may recall, we spoke of the Dallas salon owner who made a number of headlines because she had the courage to open her business, uh, She, as she put it, her employees need to feed their families, and if they're willing to come to work under these conditions, which some people thought were dangerous, uh, then they should be free to do that. And if the customers want to come in under those conditions, then they should be free to do that. So she opened up her doors. The state goons came. They ticketed her. Uh, a judge actually ordered her to close. Since she didn't, she was in violation of the judge's order, which... Uh, that put her in jail for some number of days. I think it was like two days before she was released from the jail by an order of the Supreme Court, Ooh. interestingly, in Texas, the Texas Supreme Court. Yeah. And I don't know where that case uh, stands at the moment because the court didn't invalidate the case. They just basically said, well, we're going to have hearings. Until then, we'll give you bail. So she's technically out on bail, the last I heard. But according to uh, this story, the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation has now dropped 200 enforcement cases. So that's the good news. There were at least 200 barbers and salon owners in Texas. Otherwise, completely innocent business people just attempting to make money put food in their family's mouths, pay their rent, etc. and so on, that were about to be criminals. That's right. And possibly lose their businesses as well, right? Uh, Because this is the Department of Licensing and Regulation, which would result in their license being pulled. And while we don't agree, I don't think, I I think I can speak for you guys, we don't agree with government licensure. I don't. Uh, Although I'm told you have to get a license to go out of business, too. There's a a commercial about that. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's probably where I got it from. The Texas Department said they dropped the 200 cases against cosmetologists and barbers, so also people who like do nails or whatever cosmetologists do, uh, who allegedly kept working in April and early May despite the governor's order to close amid the coronavirus outbreak. They also dismissed about 180 complaints that had been filed but not yet investigated, according to their spokes bureaucrat. The move came after the governor amended his order 
amid the GOP outcry over the jailing of Shelley Luther, who was the Dallas salon owner that we talked about. She's right. the one who made all the headlines. Uh, Abbott eliminated confinement as a punishment and made the change retroactive, meaning the licensing agency said, quote, it allows for the opening of cosmetology and barbering establishments retroactively to April 2nd of 2020. So that's kind of a uh, interesting little sleazy way out of this is to say, oh, well, I'm just going to amend my order so that in the past, when it was previously illegal for you to do the things that you did, it now no longer is illegal after the fact for we, you to do those things. We have altered the deal. Pray we do not alter the deal any further. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although they it altered it in the right direction toward more freedom rather than less. They which did. Which is more than you can say for Darth Vader. <sighs> yeah. and, and that's not that's not untrue, nobody, but at the same time, the the order had its desired effect, right? At the right. time, for the mm. most part, most businesses closed down. They obediently did what they were told. Now, here we are later on. Turns out you could have opened and the governor was going to let it go, yeah. uh, mm. but you didn't know that at the time. It's the equivalent of the mafia making an example out of the one guy in the neighborhood that won't pay his protection fee mm. it's the same exact thing mafias do I, all mm. the listeners out there i'm sure if you've never seen a movie about the mafia well go see one and then you'll understand what we're talking about but it's the exact same thing they take somebody who pipes up and says hey this is you know unconstitutional or i have the right or whatever it is they stand up for themselves and then they squash them and then that makes an example out of them for the rest of the population. The rest of the population goes, oh, I guess I better not open my business or I'll get squashed too. Whereas mm. all they have to do is everybody work in concert, open their businesses, and there's nothing that they can do. That's all they would have to do. But Although in this case, Captain, uh, they didn't successfully squash this lady, right? Like it looked like yeah. they were going to, but then the Supreme Court let her out of jail. Squeaky and then- wheel. And the governor then, uh, at the same time, was acting like, oh, well, I never, th- I never thought someone would be put in jail over this. Because, you know, he writes this order and the, the backing up of these government uh, governor's orders in almost every state are potential misdemeanor charges, which carry mm-hmm. with it up to six months in some states and up to a, a year yeah. in jail uh, in some states. So for the governor to act like, why? Why? They put this woman in jail over violating my order? I'm just shocked. I say I can't believe this. I'm undoing this right now. This shan't happen here in Texas. I just want He's to say... very to, British for a Texan, yeah. isn't he? To all of our <laughs> listeners, we live in a time where regular folk trying to make a living, trying to earn a wage, trying to establish a business, can be made criminals like that with the swipe of a pen or the typing of a keyboard by a useless bureaucrat. But the, it took this lady to make this stand. Right. And at the very least to get the publicity. Who knows about the other 200 cases? How many of those were going all the way, willing to go to the mat with uh, with this? But she did it. She called him out and he crumbled. So that's what needs I to happen. It. People I need like to that. have some courage. Where where are the cojones in these situations? I like seeing that a heart people, and a brain is good too. Well, that's true. I like seeing people <laughs> working together. I think that enough commotion was caused and enough publicity was generated to have them make this decision. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. So now I've got this pack of four Sharpay rescue dogs: Jimmy, Coco, another Sharpay, one pug, who is Joe. I have stuck with the Dynavite for, oh my goodness, probably five, six years. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. People remark on really how well my dogs look, what beautiful coats they
they've got. I tell them, yep, they get a regular diet of Dynavite with every meal. Dynavite is nutrition. All I have to do is say dog food. It's a pandemonium. They can be half asleep, and they're up and thrilled. She just looks that whole squeaky clean. You don't need to wait until a problem presents itself. It's far better to keep the dog happy and healthy at all times. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. People do ask how they get Dynavite. I tell them I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. Yes, you are in the right place. It is the live Monday night edition of Free Talk Live. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. As in freedom, you can also get us at discord.lrn.fm and join our Discord, which includes chatting about, well, all sorts of fun things. But you can also uh, dial in there and sound as if you are in the studio with us. And in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. Uh, Let's just continue on as we do with your calls and your thoughts. Let's go to uh, Mark in Tampa. Uh, Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi. I just wanted to uh, give my story of my uh, fur- unemployment, but I'm I'm furloughed since uh, beginning of April here in Florida. Okay, what happened? Unemployment. Yeah, the, well, the furloughed and the unemployment system here is so broken; it's beyond uh, anything. I'm just so frustrated. And uh, what's your experience? What's happening to you that has got you frustrated? Well, I applied. And then I was deemed ineligible. And then everything on the news or whatever, uh, Bay News 9, which is a local station here, said to, you know, if you were deemed ineligible to reapply. Okay. So I reapplied. And then I was, now I'm eligible. I still haven't received a penny since uh, the first week of <laughs> April. Oh, jeez. And yeah, it's supposed to be 275 a week plus an additional 600 a week from the federal from that uh, $3 trillion bill or whatever they passed. Right. And uh, my, my question, you know, it's so broken. Like, I've tried to apply. I've tried to get the answers on the website. I've tried to call. You can't even call. You can't even wait on hold. It just hangs up on you. Nice. And it's and it's not just me. I mean, it's literally hundreds of thousands of people. Oh, yeah. I've heard and about they, the stories. I mean, people are livid about the unemployment system. I guess folks thought that they could count on the government. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bigger thing I wanted to bring up in regards to that is on April 13th, I listened to a lot of your podcast over, and uh, nobody went on a rant on one of the podcasts. And I couldn't agree more. And if anybody has which rant? I mean, he's been on a bunch of them. It's kind of his. No, it's one of my habits. No, but it it was it was beautiful. It was the best radio I've heard in twenty years. What was it about? Do you remember? Um, just about he's you know sick of the government and and Ian a lot of times talks about peaceful solutions and uh, nobody said you know it's 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 beyond that anymore. And I I couldn't agree more. Like. You know, mm-hmm. you you look at like Timothy McVeigh that bombed Oklahoma City, it, 
and I know that's terrible. Innocent kids died and all that. And that, I don't agree with that, but right. it, it's time to just take arms against this government because it's, mm. it's so broken. Like what, wh- why do people stand for it? That's what like the business I work for. Why did they close? Why don't they just stand up and say, no, we're not closing. They're it's afraid. A small business. Yeah. Afraid of what? Afraid I, I, of uh, government goons coming in and shutting their business down and taking them to jail. And shooting them. Well, and I think they're more afraid that nobody else will stand with them. I think that's the bigger problem. By by the look of it, there that's aren't true. that many people who will, at least not other business owners. You might be able to get some average folks to come out and back you up. Like, you know, we've seen with like a restaurateur in Maine when he opened up, the place was packed. Uh, so we've seen, you know, like the, the salon owner in Dallas, mm-hmm. she had just unending amounts of people who were we willing saw to the, come uh, in. the ranchers supporting uh, Amon Bundy. Yeah, those guys too, right? So mm-hmm. the average yeah. folks, I think, would come out and support a business owner like that. Uh, but yeah, they're not going to get much other support from other business owners, sadly. Yeah, Mark, I know it's it's disheartening because it would really only take a small percentage of the total population, right? And it's a large number of people, but it would only take a small, very loud and vocal percentage, possibly mm-hmm. armed, Right percentage of the population to stand up to to make these types of things go away. Why it doesn't happen, I can't tell you. I I don't know how to get from here to there. Um, I think yeah. partially it's a lack of organization. I mean, do business owners know that if they if they open up in New Hampshire that they'll have people at their door preventing the cops from showing up? Uh, you know, if we let them know that that we're willing to go out there and stand with them, if if they're willing to stand up. Well, I told one business owner that I knew of an attorney who was interested in meeting business owners who are willing to take this stuff on, and he just basically said he's not interested in in going up against the government. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And and you know when it comes to and, and I'm just going to speculate here, right? So you've got. The, there's a certain kind of person who believes that in order to go into business, they have to do it the right way, which means go out and get their license, go out and get their health permit, go out and get whatever, you know, pay whatever government bureaucrats, uh, pay the, f- the fees, the fines, the licensing, all the, these are bribes, basically. You pay the yeah. bribes. Uh, Protection and then, money. Yeah. And then the government goons will leave you alone for the most part and let you open your doors and run your business. Well, once you've asked for their protection... And most people will because they're afraid of what they'll do if they don't. Right. Uh, then they get to pull your license if you do something naughty, you know, from their perspective, like they did with this 77 year old barber uh, out in Michigan who opened up despite the shutdown. And they, you know, he's 77 years old, uh, had plenty of customers, people were supporting him, but yet the government came in and pulled his license from him. Is he still operating without a license? Uh, I don't believe that he is. Oh, because what I mean, happens what, is what well, hold on what happens is when they have these violations of these government orders or licenses or whatever then they just start racking up fines if right. they keep uh, if they keep doing their business and unfortunately most of these business owners are of the mindset that they should pay the fines which I don't agree with I don't think you should pay these monsters because it just encourages them to keep doing what don't they're doing. Don't you give that monster 350? Yeah, don't give them anything. But then <laughs> again, you know they're going to send a SWAT team in at some point to uh, to do something very evil to you. So I can't blame a business owner for cowering uh, in this situation where literally all the guns of government af- appear to be pointed at them. Do you know what SWAT stands for? Tell me. Statists with armed thugs. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Mark, any final thoughts, Mark? 
Well, yeah, uh, just like what's the, you know, what's the tipping point? Like, li- literally, like it's so ridiculous anymore with these people. Like, they, they did a like a, a what they call it a soft opening, or I don't know what they call it, a soft opening on some restaurants here. So we went out to eat with my family the other night. Okay, and, and it's like literally. 75% of the tables are like roped off and have signs on them. You can't sit here. You can't sit there. And people and the waitresses and the bartenders have masks on and they have paper menus that you, they throw oh, away God. and they, and they have wrapped up, uh, um, you know, silverware. And I'm like, what is the cost of this? Like, how, how is this business even opening? Like, Did the prices the go tipping? up? Did you notice? Had you been there before? Yeah, we go there all the time. No, the prices were the same, but huh. at some point, I mean, what, what's the tipping point for these restaurant owners? Like, you got to be kidding me. So you're opening up, you got the air conditioning, the grill, you got the employees, but you only can have 25% of the people there. Yeah, it's, that means it's 25% of the revenue, 25% yeah. of the tips for the bartender. You know, right. all people are going to go out of business. Look, the tipping mm. point, I think, for some people, as we've seen, has been total desperation. So what you've seen is some of these business owners have said, my business was going to go under. I had nothing to lose at that point because most mostly the fear is that they will lose their business due to government enforcement of, you know, whatever the fines and such. But they've come to the conclusion that, well, if I'm going to go out of business because I can't, you know, be there, I might as well just show up, open up and take the risk of whatever happens, happens. Uh, but again, as you've seen, only a small number of business owners are willing to even go that far. Yeah. So, yeah, what will it take? I don't know. I think it's going to have to be some sort of a... Uh, a shift in how people think about this government concept and we're not there yet you know we're not to the point where people can really look at these these government goons as what they are which is an occupying criminal force yep. and until they can see that you know it's never going to change they still think there's some sort of value and and to some business owners there is value right so like one reason why some business owners won't reopen is probably because they're hoping their competition goes out of business they don't want to stand in solidarity with their competition because they would love to have their competition stand up get their head cut off and then never come back mm-hmm. all right yeah, not all friends hey thanks for the call tonight mark we do appreciate it uh it is an ugly situation and i think that it's going to take more people being backed into a corner, right? Like, yeah. these, these, like you're saying, the desperate situation. 855-450, free like freedom. This is the live Monday night edition of Free Talk Live. We've got more coming up. Welcome back, everybody. 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. That's the toll-free number you want to call to get on the air on this program tonight. With you in the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, and I'm joined by... It's Ian. And nobody. And I'm here to tell you about Divi. The next generation wallet is coming, and it's coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to spend or send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and then withdraw directly to your bank account. That's pretty amazing. 
There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet does launch, because of Divi's relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org. That's D-I-V-I Project.org. There's an interesting update. Uh, we mentioned the barbers and salon owners, Texas dropping charges against 200 uh, roughly uh, salon owners and uh, cosmetologists and such. Then I talked about the Michigan guy, 77 years old, right? Uh, who he may actually be continuing to uh, to cut people's hair. In fact, according to a report at the Detroit News or DetroitNews.com, he's located in, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Owasso, how's Michigan. It, how's he spelled? O W O S S O, Owasso, oh, yeah. Michigan. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Maverick Barber on Monday called for workers across the state to reopen in defiance of Governor Gretchen Wh- Whitmer's Hell stay at home yeah. order. Seventy-seven-year-old uh, Carl Mankey said, "Quote: Michigan, all of you business owners, you beauticians, barbers, you massage therapists, all of you, open up your shops, stand up and show up." He said. Mm-hmm. The remarks came as he was joined under a tent outside of his Owasso shop by other Michigan business owners, defying Whitmer's order, and by Shelley Luther, the Dallas salon owner, apparently flew up or traveled up to nice. Michigan to make a special appearance at this. Just to be clear, I also call upon all you business yeah. owners, small, medium, tiny, huge, whatever it is, yes, just go ahead and open, defy all of this crap, and start making your money again. Right, and by Ooh. the way, there's there's photos of this conference you know the tent and the, the folks showing it nobody has masks on which is awesome uh livingston nobody county, had two masks on? G- uh, livingston mm. county gym owner uh, jason gray also urged others to reopen on monday he reopened his gym in genoa township may 4th in oh, livingston I, county. I think i read something about that guy yeah uh where apparently the sheriff said he won't enforce whitmer's order and close down the gym so again some of these business owners aren't exactly being particularly courageous he waited until the sheriff said that he wasn't going to enforce the order well, and then went ahead. And is, did it. is it that one or is that the one where the sheriff showed up and nobody knew what he was going to do? And then he was just like, yeah, well, just so you know, this is illegal. Have a nice day. And left. wasn't that New Jersey? OK, yeah, I think that was New Jersey. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, this is a this is a Michigan a Michigan guy you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But you know, I will take it, it takes something like a small start, right, to to get the movement going. And mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. if folks continue to see and hear about and sadly we're probably one of the only radio programs broadcasting this type of content, but if we can continue to encourage this not only in the businesses that have already defied, but if we can get them to act within their community to get other businesses to also defy, I mean, it only takes minutes for something to go viral these days. We have the power mm-hmm. of the Internet, and if something like this goes viral and everybody starts opening their businesses, that would be a stupendous act of independence, the likes of which we have never seen. It the- really would, and I will definitely be out spending some money if anybody in Keene, New Hampshire, opens up 
Um, I I would love to go Absolutely. spend some money on some on some products and well, businesses are apparently allowed to reopen at least from what I understand. Retail uh, has been allowed to do some reopening here in New Hampshire, which I didn't see in the governor's order, but apparently it it was covered at some point. I, I must have missed it. Uh, right. Oh, and that's again part of the problem. Um, so there are some places that are open, but it's not like you know they're at some make, making some sort of outstanding stand for freedom or anything. Right. Like that. Well, I definitely like to spend some money with people who are making an outstanding stand for freedom. Right. So if you're uh, if you're open illegally, be sure to be sure to publish that so we know where to go. Yeah, certainly. And you know, to sort of piggyback upon that, uh, with the COVID lockdowns continuing in some places. Uh, Many, and we've already seen restaurants permanently go out of business, right? We saw the the chain. Another one just went under here in town. Not a chain, but a local place here in Keene. Oh, the other Indian place? Another Indian food place uh, went out of business, or one Indian food place. There's been a couple of other restaurants that have already gone under as well in this area. What was the buffet chain we talked about previously? The something tomatoes? Uh, Rotten rotten tomatoes. (laughs) tomatoes. That's the movie website. (laughs) Uh, Sweet tomatoes. Sweet tomatoes. 95 (laughs) locations permanently out of business. Yeah, I think there was some other brand that they owned, so they probably weren't all sweet tomatoes. But yeah. both of their brands are gone. Wow. I, I've got a, an article here from CNN that talks about restaurant and bar owners say social distancing could wipe out their industry. So even though, uh, I'm going to use the word, even though businesses like this are being allowed to open, we're like our previous caller said, they're soft openings. They have to obey all these rules about, oh, you can only seat people outdoors or you can only have 25% of your capacity or you have to you know, keep people 10 feet away from each other, whatever it is. Uh, even the businesses that reopen as in this soft capacity, they're not going to be able to make enough money. And from mm-hmm. this article, the U.S. Uh, state of Georgia allowed restaurants to open on April 27th uh, the three owned by Ryan Pernice, P-E-R-N-I-C-E, are still shuttered. The entrepreneur hasn't opened his restaurants, Table in Maine, Osteria, Matone, and Coalition Food and Beverage since March 16th. Pernice is worried about the health of his employees and customers, but there's another reason the restaurants are still shut down. They can't make a profit with social distancing rules in place. Yep. If you talk to restaurants, restaurants weren't designed to have 25% capacity at all times. I mean, maybe there's sometimes during the day slow hours where they're at 25%, but during the hot hours, they're supposed to be at 80, 90, 100%. 100%, You know, even more than that if they have, you know, outdoor areas and that kind of a thing. And he says if you talk to restaurants across the globe, because remember, this isn't just in the U.S., to all of our listeners out there, this is happening. Governments are doing this to businesses around the globe. If you talk to restaurants around the globe, the language might change, but the math is exactly the same, Pernice told CNN Business. Restaurants and bars need volume and traffic to make them work. So, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, even the businesses that have managed to, you know, hobble along, pay their rent, pay their bills, maybe they've laid some people off or whatever, once they open back up, they're not going to be able to turn a profit. It's just not going to work until they're al- allowed until they can fill their restaurants and bars to capacity again on the busy nights. It's true. 855-450-3733. Do you own a restaurant or a bar? Do you think you're going to be able to open with 25% of your capacity? Give us a call. Let us know. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. 
The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. Yes, you are in the right place for the live Monday night edition of Free Talk Live. Our telephone number here is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, like freedom. And you can call in and talk about, well, whatever you'd like to talk about. With you in the studio tonight, it's... It's Ian. And nobody. And I am your host this evening, the Reverend Captain Kickass. We've been talking about, well, the food industry, really, restaurants and bars and that kind of a thing, and how mm. the reaction to these soft openings that are highly micromanaged might be going. Uh, we've seen some of that here in New Hampshire where they've allowed only outdoor seating at a couple of places or the places that have outdoor yeah seating sorry to, to any restaurants that don't have outdoor seating mm-hmm. you're sol uh in fact there is a business that even has outdoor seating but they it's too little too late because they are gone now after 24 years of being in business so it's not like this is wow. just killing off the new restaurants right, right? like yeah. the ones that just got started they don't have any real like you know reputation yet no this is a 24 year old uh, breakfast and, and lunch place. They weren't open for dinners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just did breakfast and lunch, and uh, it's over. They There was a sign-up apparently on their location, which did say that they are now permanently closed. Uh, their phone's been disconnected. Their Facebook, tab- uh, Facebook page has been taken down. The owner thanks his customers, who said became friends and family, and the three landlords he said the business had over all the 24 years in business Quote, over 24 years, each and every one of them has been dedicated, loved, creative, reliable, and hardworking. We already miss them so much. A quarter. Wow. Of, of a century. A century. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks. Over. Thanks, government. Yep. It's <laughs> government. Here, have some. Right. Oh, but, but hey, it, it, if it just saved one life, if it did just it? saved... I don't have any reason to believe that it did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Is there any evidence to I show mean, that the, the whole lockdown idea... saved any lives? was that it would save lives by preventing hospitals from becoming overwhelmed. Well, if you believe the videos of the nurses dancing and carrying on in the hallways, the uh, the uh, hospitals have been underwhelmed. Yeah. Well, uh, we, thoroughly underwhelmed. Sounds like they're and bored. They have been weighing, uh, they've been laying uh, doctors and nurses off, yeah, which is a sign that they are underwhelmed. We had an article last week for show prep that was thousands of medical uh, folks, people who work at hospitals, have been laid off. Mm-hmm. Thousands. Now, you imagine that if people were dying in the hallways of these 
hospitals, that they would need people staffing these hospitals to take care of the dead and dying, even if they weren't perfectly equipped for that because it wasn't their specialty. But that apparently is not going on because they have no need for these people who don't specialize in uh, imaginary and discredited diseases. Um, (laughs) And, And we also saw people who went to work from the rural areas. They went into the city areas where, you know, like New York City, for example, where the instances of the virus seem to be, you know, catching on more than in other places. They've been sent home. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't need you. We're we're, we're good. Yeah. All those field hospitals they put uh, up, too, have closed. Yeah, the the field hospitals mostly saw no patients, from what I'm understanding. Several of them, at least, I've seen uh, shut down without ever seeing a patient. So what what would happen if they gave an epidemic and nobody came? Well, now we know. Do you have anything else from that? No. Okay. Just another sad story. Uh, this is just our area. It's got to be happening all across uh, the country, all across the world, where people are finding out that longtime businesses are never going to reopen again. Yes. It's a sad state of affairs. Uh, let's go to Scott calling from Florida. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I heard what you were saying. I want to shift gears for a minute, but before I do, uh, this economy has had it, and the world economy. Uh, I don't know what the world's going to do without restaurants, but uh, uh, it's a sad state of affairs. And uh, well, there will these, be uh, restaurants. Enterprise. There will be restaurants that survive. Yeah, this. The giant all restaurants will be Taco Bell. This is the demolition that led to Demolition Man. I heard. Uh, I saw. Speaking of Demolition Man, there was a news headline recently that Stallone is talking about a Demolition Man too. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Now, that's well, a movie I hope that... the government doesn't murder, death, kill him. Right. Well, that's a movie, that's a movie that doesn't need a sequel, but I no. sure hope they don't screw it up because it would be fun to see it. Yeah. It's a, uh, I, I always loved that yeah. movie. It, it was campy. Uh, Scott, uh, I'm sorry. We interrupted what you. I, what were you saying? No, it's all right. What I'd like to discuss is the mark, stock market, gentlemen, went up today 900 points. Not that Main Street, anyone <laughs> on Main Street would uh, give a damn. Now, how, but I'll is, tell you why, how is why, that possible? Why Speculation. Well, because when if you force all the small businesses out of business, the only thing left is the big publicly listed ones that trade on the stock exchange. Mm. You know who's not suffering? Domino's Pizza. Right. Okay. Uh, Walmart isn't suffering. All right. Um, all right. Go ahead, Scott. Why nine, does that happen? I'm sorry. Go on. No, go ahead. The 900 points uh, uh, that it went up today, it's rigged. It's phony. Wall Street does not is the, totally detached from Main Street. And I'll explain why. When Wall, when Wall Street gets uh, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars to be propped up by the Federal Reserve, that is why it went up 900 points. The truth of the matter is it should have gone down 9,000 points considering how sick and rotten this economy is and that Main Street is dead. Let's be honest. We're in a second Great Depression. It's dead. It's dead as a doornail. And what's going to happen is that the 1% who are raking in all of this this money, they're stealing this money from Wall Street. Let them choke on it, because what's going to happen is when this whole country goes down the tubes, it's not going to do them much good when the economy, even they're going to suffer when the economy is is, is comatose, when it's dead. And I want to also say that uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, it's, 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 it's so rigged and putting in such... 
amounts of money. Uh, and the architect of this really is Alan Greenspan. Oh, yeah, the Federal, Reserve, the Federal Reserve has definitely injected trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars just in the last eight weeks, inflating the money supply in an mm-hmm. unprecedented, you know, I mean, for that, that amount of money in eight weeks, I think is unprecedented in all of history. Right, to be just injected into the system by the Federal Reserve, therefore mm-hmm. making the layperson's dollars worth even less. So even if you have some savings, I don't, I've certainly mm-hmm. noticed that in the grocery store, the price of meat has gone up considerably. <laughs> Prices of other particular goods have gone up. Uh, and so it, we're mm-hmm. just seeing the beginning of the results of this inflation. Uh, I've heard that, uh, at least I don't know if it's on all foods, but on a lot of them, that they saw record increases in prices. One-month increases were, I believe, like the the highest record they've been in five decades or something like that. Yeah, it, it's completely uh, yeah. insane. And the the thing is, you got to eat your dollars, okay? Because... Other things are not going to are going to be affected in the opposite direction by this. If you hold Bitcoin, if you hold gold, if you hold silver and the dollar is going to hell, then by then the dollar price of your assets is going to be increasing. Agreed. Final thoughts, Scott. I want to ask you gentlemen a question and I'll and and, and you answer for your audience and me. Question A is this. Do you believe that hyperinflation, really like Venezuela or Zimbabwe, could could it come to the United States where it totally collapses the U.S. dollar? That's question A. And question B, do you think that this could lead to a massive revolution in the United States and riots if people have no food, no no can't afford a, 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 a medical care, can't, can't even have any dignity or respect? Is this, yes could, could this and yes. A, yeah, and, yeah, I, and I would on, say yes and yes as well. On the second one, the most important thing is dollars are the way they control us. So if we don't want their dollars, mm-hmm. if we won't trade their dollars for things of value, then they can't. Thanks for the call tonight, Scott. 855-450-3. This is Free Talk Live. We've got more coming up on the Monday Night Live edition. Freetalklive.com. everybody you're in the right spot for the live monday night edition of free talk live our toll-free number here of course is 855-450-3733 that's 855-450-free like freedom which is the perspective we generally take and with you tonight in the studio it's myself the captain it's ian and nobody And I wanted to tell you about a new kind of payment network brought to you by Intercoin. Today, large corporations act as middlemen for our everyday online communications and transactions. Often, they work hand-in-hand with governments. In the last few years, these centralized social networks have all launched payment networks. Bitcoin and Ethereum have not been scalable enough to compete. The team behind Intercoin spent the last decade creating an open, web-based, decentralized social platform 
to rival Facebook and Google. Now they can use it to roll out a revolutionary payment platform on top. If decentralized crypto doesn't soon gain mainstream adoption to power everyday payments, it'll be Facebook and WeChat's world. We'll just live in it. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the Internet and in meat space. We think that it's important here on Free Talk Live. So important that Free Talk Live accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin tokens from Intercoin Inc. in exchange for advertising. If you think freedom is important too, check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. That's intercoin.org. I I got to say I've I've looked at the Intercoin project. It definitely looks uh looks interesting. Yeah. I I've only briefly scanned uh, the beginning of whatever they have the equivalent of their white papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and their websites and it certainly is interesting. Um, I I am glad that they are you know with us as an advertiser and that we're able to help promote what they're doing. Uh, I I feel like their hearts are in the right place. We've had a couple of conference calls here and there with those guys, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I I enjoy uh, their perspective on things. Uh, we've been talking about a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, in the previous segment we were talking about you know, restaurants that. Even if they are able to open, they're only going to be able to open at, you know, some of the capacity, 25%, 50% of their previous capacity. And that's just not going to do it for small businesses. And I don't see how it can. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a follow-up to that? Um, we were talking about other businesses that have closed. I thought you had another business-related thing. Mm, if, I mean, I've got some general we can, stuff about salons and such. But there is a salon in New Hampshire that is challenging uh, the governor's extension of the state of emergency order. Oh, where are they? Because I need a haircut. New London. That's like an hour and a half north, I think. It's a long way to go for a haircut. It is. Uh, there was a guy giving out haircuts in the park yesterday. You missed out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, at uh, yeah, Central Square. If you'd have been at Social Sunday. Yeah. Wow. Free haircuts. Wow. Is he coming right back off. next time? I'll, I I'll come and I'll bring my hair. I didn't get his name, <laughs> but he let me take a picture. Nice. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in this case, uh, if you want to know about this, a hair, salon, a hair salon owner in New London is suing the governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, over the extension of New Hampshire's state of emergency order. So they're not suing over the fact that the emergency order existed at all. Well, but that's what Wisconsin that's did. That's kind of a moot point by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's what Wisconsin did. They didn't sue over you know, the orders themselves. They mm-hmm. sued over the extension and got it overturned. Unextended, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mary Rivard is the owner of Color Cafe. She filed the lawsuit Monday, the same day she was allowed to reopen with the restrictions. She says, quote, I feel like my hands are so tied and I'm trapped not being able to run my business the way it should be run. She says the guidelines make it virtually impossible for these businesses to operate. Sorry, this is her attorney saying this uh, for these businesses to operate realistically at a profit. Unquote. Rivard said 90% of her business is hair coloring, a service she can't perform under current restrictions. Just not allowed to do it. So she can't make enough money to stay open. She says, quote, the business has never been about money for me. It's always about the experience with my clients, and I love what I do. She said, the lawsuit claims the governor lacks the authority under the state's emergency statute to continue to declare and renew the state of emergency originally declared back in March. The suit includes an emergency request for a restraining order against the emergency declaration and the order that extended the shutdown of the non-essential businesses while also seeking damages. 
Quote, under the Constitution, for violation of my client's equal protection rights, we're also alleging this is an illegal taking. It has deprived her of economic use of her mm-hmm. business. Now, wouldn't that be nice if she got uh, a settlement? Oh, yeah. In this? And when they say an illegal taking, they're talking about, uh, is it the Eighth Amendment? where they say that private property will not be taken for public use without just compensation mm. to the owner. Oh, well, I think you're right. If you uh if 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 your business has been shut down, it's been taken from you even if the state hasn't taken possession of it. Rivard said she laid off her employees in March so they could collect unemployment. She also said she received $3,000 from the Small Business Disaster Relief Fund, but she said, quote, I don't want a handout. I want to go to work. I want to do my job that I've trained for for 35 years. It's heartbreaking for me. She's expecting to get a hearing date within the next two weeks. Spokes bureaucrat from the governor's office responded in... Uh, a statement to WMER that said in part, quote, the attorney general's office is reviewing the suit. It would be inappropriate to comment any further on active litigation. By the way, the, spokes, uh, the spokesman for the governor's office never returned an email that I sent to them a few weeks ago or like two weeks ago asking them a couple of questions. Surprise. Yeah. Is, isn't it interesting how these people expect you to just jump when they say jump? But they can't be troubled troubled to answer your questions. Mm -hmm. They can't be troubled to give you a response if you're affected by their decisions. You're just supposed to make your best guess and go with it, you know? Needless to say, when a big corporation wants an answer, they get it. Yeah, so this very same name, the name looked familiar to me, Benjamin Vistat, is the governor's spokes bureaucrat, and I emailed him because I, you know, I figured I'm writing an article for Free Keen, and I'd like to get a comment here on these governor's orders. So I right. said I wanted I wanted these two questions answered. One are the quote guidance documents regarding COVID nineteen from your office a mandate or a suggestion? And number two are NH business owners facing a threat of prosecution from the executive branch's agents if they ignore the governor's orders. And they didn't want to answer. Yeah, they didn't want to answer those questions. I didn't even get a response at all. Mm. And I definitely had the right email address because I'd originally written there's like an, a general generic email address of right. like NH reopen or something like that for business owners to write to to ask questions about like, well, can I reopen this way or that way? Like little questions like that. Right. And I said, well, I'm writing an article for uh, for, you know, a news report. I've got some questions. Could you know, you answer these questions? I didn't ask the questions. I said, who can you point me to? that can answer these questions, and she gave me this guy's email. Then I emailed him with the questions and no response. Mm. Surprise. Yeah. This was more than a week ago. Yeah. And I suspect the answers are answers they don't want to give, right? Right. Because if the mm-hmm. answer, you know, there, there's no um, good answer to them for these questions. Either they're going to say, yes, we are going to arrest business owners, or no, it was all a bluff, right? right. Like yeah. not, not, They don't right. want to admit either one of those things. Right. And they also don't know if they're going to be able to make these things stick because That's right. the executive branch doesn't know what the judicial branch is going to do until they do it yeah. in theory. So good luck to this lady with her lawsuit. Well, and, yes. And what was the bit that was attempted, but they said, no, we're not going to hear it, the case early on? 
no, there was a there was a case early on in New Hampshire where three people uh, with an attorney, the attorney filed a suit trying to overturn one of the orders. I forget what it was, but right. So uh, who, who and, did they sue? It sounds like she's suing Sununu, the individual. Yeah, she's probably suing the governor's office, okay. not the individual. Usually individual government people do not have responsibility for their actions because right. they have sovereign immunity or qualified immunity or whatever mm, kind of immunity right, yeah. that they've come up, they've cooked up. They've, they've got some name for this. Yeah. and it's They it's, have. We're in the club and you're not immunity. immunity. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, and the, the judge ruled against the uh, the files. I'm just trying in to case. determine the difference between the two suits. Right? I'm not clear. Okay. Mm. All right. Because what is she doing different that wasn't done in the suit that was rejected? Well, hers like, is no. over the extension. Mm-hmm. And the okay. first suit was about the initial lockdown or, or the initial orders or whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's also possible that uh, she could get a different judge initially or that uh, the judge could rule differently due to minor details. Well, I, for one, would love to see an end to all of this crap. Would you like to see an end to all of this government shutdown? Give us your calls and your thoughts. 855-453. We've got more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture. One that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. Free Talk Live. Yes, this is Free Talk Live. It's the live Sunday call-in. It's Monday. It's the live Monday call-in edition. I don't even know what day it is, apparently. I've got a case of the Mondays. It's today's version. Today's version. Uh, Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE if you'd like to call in. and Well, take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever you'd like. That's 855-450-3733. With you in the studio tonight, it's... It's Ian. And nobody. And I, of course, am the Reverend Captain Kickass, attempting to be your host. Uh, Wow. Uh, I just want to take a minute and say thank you to our amplifier, Wild Bill from Seaville. That's C-apostrophe-ville with an exclamation mark. Uh, Wild Bill uh, is a silver level amplifier, so he gives five bucks a month uh, to our AMP program. If you don't know what that is, you can find out more at amp.freetalklive.com. Essentially, it's a program where you become an amplifier. You get some perks for your $5. Uh, You can give more if you like. We have different levels. 
but you get some perks. You get to join a couple exclusive clubs. But the real you got meat, some perks, man. Some perks, man. <laughs> really, I get some perks. perks. Yeah. Uh, but the real benefit is that you help this program. If you like what you hear on this show, uh, you know we, we're on seven nights a week. We've got a rotating cast of hosts who are all really great. If you like the content you enjoy, you consume, then you can use that money to help us get on more radio stations. Right now we're close to 200, and we could be on more. It depends on you. And so we want to thank those who give, like Wild Bill from Seaville, uh, for their amplification. Thanks, Bill. So uh, we were going to talk a little bit about, well, money. And I know during the break we were talking about the potential for financial collapse. One of our callers this evening brought it up. So, Isn't this financial collapse? Like, I don't know if it's a potential. It I, seems like it's in the midst of the collapse. A collapse. How I, far will it collapse is I really the I feel like it, we're not Ooh. to the level of hyperinflation no, that, that you would see yet. in like Venezuela where you know you get paid today and if you don't buy your bread and milk then your money's worthless tomorrow. We're if not, you're getting paid it is not that bad yet. But we're for not a lot there, of people they're not getting paid. But I mean we're getting closer every day. Every yeah. time they print up more trillions of dollars, every time the government says, "Hey Federal Reserve, we need trillions more or billions yep. more." What they're doing is diluting the money supply, making your dollars worth even less. A trillion here and a trillion there. Sooner or later, you're talking about real, real money. money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of this, uh, all of this government bonus for collecting unemployment, your extra six hundred bucks or whatever, yeah. even the unemployment itself, anything that's part of these stimulus packages that these politicians uh, claim, they they're just pulling this to you. As far as the layperson is concerned, they're just pulling this money out of their butt. Yeah. Right? And well, so- they're pulling it out of your future wallet. So Correct. remember that when they when they print up three trillion, okay, they give you twelve hundred. They give big business, um, you know, millions. And those millions, though, the the cost for that is going to fall on you. You've got the debt. They've got the money. Right. Mm-hmm. I uh, got the printer. Let's go to your calls and your thoughts. We have Dave from Jackson listening to WKHM 970 AM. Is that Jackson, Mississippi or Jackson, Michigan? Michigan? That is Michigan. Hey, Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Gentlemen, pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Our illustrious governor here in Michigan. Oh, gosh, I almost forgot her name. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Gretchen Whitmer. Uh Uh-huh. And her attorney general, Dana Nessel, and their cronies up there in Lansing, which is about 38 miles due south, check that dude north of me, in southern Michigan, mm-hmm. about an hour and a half from Detroit, what to are the they, west. What are they doing? Well, they've opened up, I guess she's executive ordered something else, as she's going to executive over 900, I think it's the executive order 973,000 that she signed now. <laughs> uh, open up northern Michigan. Oh, okay. Well, that that's fine. You know, uh, don't don't worry too much about where the money is, or as you men were just saying a minute ago, the lack of money from you know basic commerce, ah, uh, tax revenue. Where your coffers, Gretchen, are running very uh, low as most of us are. Yeah. And what makes me the 
probably to be polite about it is is no wonder being a United States Marine honorably discharged. Well, it was back in the eighties. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember that, but yep, I was around. We care about our country so much and the beautiful state of Michigan that we cannot continue, and I know it's prevalent everywhere in the nation, and and maybe you, you guys, and with all your all due respect, and your resources, maybe you can comment on this dictatorial, we're free. I, I raised my yeah. hand a couple of times. You're right, Dave. You bring up a good point about the, the tax coffers. So if the government wants to, you know, stay in business, so to speak, uh, at some point they're going to have to figure out where they're going to generate their revenue from. And hopefully they'll figure out that they need to provide a useful product or a useful service That's at, a, at a market price to generate mm-hmm. their revenue because but, the, the only way they get revenue now is through the point of a barrel of a gun. Well, the difference, though, between a government and a business is the government is the business that can sell you what you don't want because they just take the money by force. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, I like what you said there. Was it Dave? Dave. Dave's here. I I like what you said about we're free, but the reality is people don't act like that. So if people don't act like they're free, then they won't be. If you don't stand up when the uh, Whitmer or whoever these other goons are in all the other states that are ordering people around, if people don't stop and you know say, no, I'm not going to do what you say, I'm going to keep my doors open, I'm going to keep servicing my customers in the way that I want to do it, because it's my business and it's not yours. But they're not doing that for the most part. There are some exceptions, and those people deserve to be lauded, and they deserve uh, business and to be appreciated. Uh, but for the most part, Americans are not free, and they don't want to be free i wish it it were true that they were but they're not yeah you're the exception dave well that's thank you very much gentlemen love your show thanks for the call thank you and thanks for calling i wish it were different yeah but it's not to to the caller's points you know i mean sure we're on the radio so we have this as a resource and we broadcast what we do for the reasons that we say we do we we are about this we i am an eleutheromaniac right i have an insatiable desire to be as free as possible and i know that it's not happening here right and dave seems like he cares about freedom as well and the only thing that we can do right now is keep talking about it keep talking about mm-hmm. it and keep talking about it and keep talking about it because uh, eventually the idea will catch on you know every time there's a social revolution everybody considers the people oh you're crazy when they start talking about crazy things like not having an organization of violence known as the government oh my gosh but every idea that has changed the world first started out as that every idea yeah they looked at Mm -hmm. the guy who invented the car Oh, you're you crazy. can't fly. What's uh, we have horse and buggy. We'll get along just fine. We don't need roads, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know, uh, every idea, television, right? You're yeah. crazy. We have the radio. What you know what Henry Ford said for? about about the consumer? Hmm. He said, "If I'd asked them what they wanted, they would have said faster horses." And, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, to Dave. We're doing what we can. We need everybody else, all of our listeners, to also do whatever they can. And hopefully that will spark a fire. Yeah. 
Well, we've been working on it for a long time, and I, I'm not going to say I'm uh, negative or that I think that things aren't going to work out because I still am an optimist. But, man, it's hard to be optimistic in this environment Sometimes. with people just seemingly begging to be told what to do. It's, yeah. it's true. It's it's disheartening. It's a tough road to hoe, that's for sure. 855-450, free like freedom. Give us your calls and your thoughts. We've got more coming up on the live Monday night edition of Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. What day is it, nobody? Monday. Hey, it's the live Monday night edition. Thanks for keeping me in check, bro. I appreciate that. Groove. Our toll-free number here, of course, is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. Like freedom. And uh, with you tonight in the studio, it's... It's Ian. And nobody. And I'm this guy named the captain. And uh, we've been talking about a whole bunch of stuff, uh, including finance, including the Federal Reserve. And I just want to make sure that our listeners don't get too overwhelmed. Uh, Economics is not difficult. It really isn't. The government and all of its goons and all of the the folks surrounding Wall Street and the markets, they make it far more complicated than it actually is. It's just supply and demand. That's all it is. And, in fact, the economy has nothing to do with United States dollars. It has nothing to do with yen. It has nothing to do with any other government-sponsored denominations of currency. It has to do with exchange between people. That Mm -hmm. is the economy. It doesn't matter. You could use pebbles as your representation of value as long as... A, a bunch of folks agreed. To people. Right. As long as a bunch of folks agreed that, oh, this brown pebble represents, you know, 10 of these things and this purple pebble represents 14 of the, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's currency. And currency gets invented by even primates. Right. So we're talking orangutans, monkeys, things like that. They use actual pebbles. And humans are also right? primates. And so all it is is it's just a language. It's just a way for people who want to interact with each other and exchange things, services and products, right, Mm -hmm. to say, oh, hey, this is, you know, two chickens worth in exchange for, you know, that, you know, quarter of a cow or whatever it is that you're trying Mm -hmm. to exchange. It's a way to level the value, but it's a language. It's like music. It's just a language of exchanging value. So that is what I wanted to get out. I just wanted to mention that on top of our economics discussion. So doing what we do here at Free Talk Live, let's continue with your calls and your thoughts. We have the Christian Anarchist on our AMP-only call-in line. Gene, you're on the air. Hey, guys. I thought I'd call in and give an update on uh, coronavirus. I mean, I wish I I was calling. Yeah, I wish (laughs) I was calling about anything else, but it seems like coronavirus is the only thing that's making the news today. It sure and, seems uh, to be on top of the world, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, so I wanted to point out that in our office clinic now, we've had about 15 patients. Um, everybody has recovered. One of them actually had to go to the hospital for a couple of days, but mm-hmm. they're back out of the hospital. And so I'm just trying to put out the little bit of information that we personally have now. I can't speak for New York City 
Los Angeles or any of those places. But I know in our little spot where we are, uh, this isn't a big deal. This uh, Patients are doing just fine. Uh, we didn't need to shut down all of the businesses. And um, now with Trump coming out saying that he's on chloroquine, which, you know, he tried to promote that several months back. And we used it on most of our patients. Well, I'll say my wife did because my wife is the smart one. She's the doctor. Right. And, um, but anyway, uh, now the, the uh, FDA is trying to tell people not to use chloroquine. Well, Trump seems to be bucking that trend. And I'm certainly no Trump fan. I don't, uh, uh, I don't like the man much and I don't like a lot of what he does, but once when he does things that are good, you know, you got to give him credit. Yep. So, yeah, I, I got I'm right there with you. I don't like Trump. I feel terrible defending Trump on the times uh, that I have felt the need to do that. But many of his critics have been so dishonest that just coming from a place of caring about the truth, you can't just let him blabber on. And, and you know, you have to, you know hold them hold their feet to the flame of reality hey gene uh how many people would come in and like a normal flu season with flu symptoms to your office your medical establishment there well i suppose a lot of people come in thinking they have the flu and then we give them the flu test and it comes up negative sometimes it comes up positive but Mm -hmm. what i'm getting at is a lot of people believe they have the flu but according to the flu test, they don't they have don't. it, even mm-hmm. though they have all the symptoms. So I'm going to guess we probably get, uh, you know, 100 or two. But we see a that, lot of patients. 100 or two that actually had the flu or 100 or two that believe they do but then don't? Probably 100 to 200 positive tests per season. So but that's way have, more than the COVID a, that you've had. Way more. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We, we see 80. Normally, we see 80 patients a day. But mm-hmm. now, due to COVID-19, our our uh, number of patients is down to like 30, 30 well, to 35. Too. Wow. Does so it seem people, normal to you that if there's an epidemic going on, that all of our medical facilities will be idle? Because that seems to be what's going no. on. And it's of, not of what I expect. Of huh. course, none of this is normal. I mean, it's just absurd. The, the amount of uh, stress put on masks, for instance. We all know that masks don't do everything that they s- say it's doing. You know that, and certainly the way the average person uses a mask, it's not sterile. They don't. Uh, you know they're constantly touching it and moving it. And I mean that there's no reason to use a mask out in public. But mm-hmm. uh, the other thing is about this chloroquine. I wanted to get back to that mm-hmm. because chloroquine is in use by many patients right now. Uh, for um, uh, for rheumatoid arthritis. It's a very common medic- medication for rheumatoid arthritis, and right. there's a lot of people out there who are using it every day. Now, I don't know the numbers, but I would like to see a study that shows how many people that are currently taking chloroquine for their rheumatoid arthritis actually come down with COVID-19. I'll bet you any money that that segment of the population is not getting COVID-19 at the that's same a, rate as the that's general. That's a very interesting perspective. I was going to mm-hmm. ask, Gene, if, you know, at your clinic or what have you, are you free-ish to treat things how you see fit, or are you sort of guided by, you know, medical bureaucracy? 
Well, any medical office, you have to make decisions that are uh, that are basically being used by the rest of the medical community. And if you go outside those guidelines, you lay yourself open for a lawsuit. It doesn't mean you can't do it. Right. But mm-hmm. but you do run the risk of being sued, especially if the patient has a poor outcome. Now, the funny thing is the Food and Drug Administration can come after you even if you prescribe something for the patient that's outside the norm, the norms, and they have an excellent result. Say they come and they're happy. You know, the patient is super happy. They're, they're satisfied with the results. Uh, The outcome was good. There was no damage done. The FDA can still come after you and, and sanction you for using that treatment that's outside the the norms. But okay. So that, wow. that doesn't mean you can't do it though. You can and sometimes we do. Okay. Uh Gene, do you want to hang out for a minute? I have one more question for you. Do you want to stay on? Sure. Okay. Stand by and we'll come back. Uh I just had another question for him that I want to get out and I don't think he could sum it up in the last couple of seconds before the break here. So we'll bring Gene back. Uh but we'll also take more of your calls and your thoughts if you want to call 855 450 free like freedom. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. So now I've got this pack of four Sharpay Rescue dogs for, oh my goodness, probably five, six years. They get a regular diet of Dynavite with every meal. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. People remark on what beautiful coats they've got. I tell them, you don't need to wait until a problem presents itself. It's far better to keep the dog happy and healthy at all times. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Yes, it's Free Talk Live. This Monday, 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 night edition of Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733 is the toll-free number that you should call if you would like to be on the radio. You can call in and talk about, well, whatever you'd like to talk about. And with you tonight in the studio, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. And I want to tell you that you can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 29th until July 5th, possibly even earlier, uh, for ForkFest 2020 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest happens the week after Porcupine Freedom Festival, which reportedly has scaled back and you can now camp at Rogers Campground without purchasing a ticket to the Pork Fest. Is that correct? That's what I was told by the owner of the campground. Yeah. So it seems that yeah. if you want to start your Fork Fest early or even hang out with some of the folks at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you can do that as well. But uh, the Fork Fest is decentralized, and it means no one is in charge. That also means there's no ticket cost. All you need to do is reserve your camping site, your RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June 29th until July 5th. Where better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire? You can simply relax and go camping with other Liberty lovers, or you can create whatever experience or event you'd like others to have. If you're planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can connect with other ForkFesters via the unofficial Telegram chat 
or the ForkFest forum. Links to those are on the unofficial website, ForkFest.party. That's ForkFest.party. They've been talking in the uh, ForkFest chat room today about bathrooms, like ordering those fancy bathrooms. Have you ever seen these things? They're like yeah. a, they're, they're like a, a trailer, trailer truck, yeah. Yeah. and mm-hmm. you, you walk in, and it's like air-conditioned and yeah. like marble floors. <laughs> when I was considering nice. purchasing land sort of off-grid, mm-hmm. I took a look at, I, like I found one of these used on the Craigslist mm. in, I don't know, Oklahoma or somewhere weird, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, and it was you know, a discounted price and yeah. all that. I went and looked at them new, and I'm like, no. How much do they want new? Oh, it's, you know, 10,000. 10? Oh, like, starting it. for, like, you know, a two John, you know, kind of a thing. Actually sounds pretty, pretty You decent. can also rent these, though, right? So yeah. if you're having an event like this. That's what they're talking it, about. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to do it, but they're talking about I mean, it. Some of them are really nice. They got yeah. showers and everything. They got solar panels. Yeah, they're talking and about renting one and, and charging for it, you know? I mean, why not, yeah. right? You know, if you think you can, yeah. you know, make back what it's what you're a lot it nicer for. than the camp bathrooms. That's for sure. I think they'd have a line of people that would want to use it. And bathroom. wouldn't it be cool if you could program like an app to accept crypto and like you could do that, you know, do all that. So yeah. Uh, so let's uh, go back to Gene, the Christian anarchists. Uh, Gene, I wanted to ask you another question. Uh, we were talking about your experiences at the clinic and about, you know, sort of what... That he's a manager of. That you're a manager of, uh, and sort of what you're able to do with regards to treating patients. And I had asked that question because I wanted to know, you, you seem like you're batting 100, right? You've got uh, 15 patients, and I believe you said that all of them, uh, you know, recovered. Is that correct? They've all recovered, yes. We know of, of one patient... Uh, one guy who wasn't our patient uh, on hospice who died and was counted. Well, we think he was counted as a COVID-19 death. <laughs> he was on hospice. He, yeah. And wow. he was on hospice. He was dying. And um, there was something where in the, in the chart, somebody wrote suspicion of COVID-19. I think they, I, this is what we heard anyway. We mm. believe that they gave him the COVID-19 test. It came back negative and, then he, of course, subsequently passed away. And a few days later, I noticed that in our county, the death count went up by one. And we've only had five deaths in this county. Right. So, so you know, I, I suspect that <laughs> that's what happened. So the numbers, never believe the numbers. You know, the numbers lie. There's hmm. liars, damned liars, and statistics. Uh, right. So <laughs> what I wanted to ask you is, of these 15 patients, has the recommended treatments from, you know, whomever you know, you have to take these recommendations from. Has that changed at all? Well, now with this new FDA caution against chloroquine because of arrhythmia, which is, it's an, it's, it's really kind of nonsense, I think, because uh, like I said, rheumatoid arthritis patients are using chloroquine all day, every day, and they're not having these kind of problems with it. So uh, I don't know if my wife has actually, prescribed chloroquine since that announcement but she did with all the patients before that and they all did fantastic and And do you know i mean literally two days and they're and they're well you know that kind of thing that's good to hear i'm glad to hear that and do you know uh of the patients you know these 15 folks uh if any of them have had the need for the the respirator None. None of them went to the hospital none of them uh you know they came to our office we tested we treated and in a couple of days, they were fine. Now, I'd like to point out that none of our nurses who treated these, who were in contact with these patients, although we did everything the last couple of months has been drive up, 
medicine, you know, how, how the doctors are doing drive up medicine. Yep. But the girls still had to go out to the car and talk to them and, you know, take their temperature and stick the little thing up their nose for their test and all this stuff. And none of our girls have gotten COVID-19. Now they did all have protective uh, equipment on, mm -hmm. but still, if it was that terribly uh, dangerous and you would think that you would need a, a whole big suit, you know, head to toe suit with piped in filtered air and all that stuff. So right, obviously right. it's not as bad as what they're saying. Now, I don't want to tell people not to worry about it because it, especially if you are a person who has other problems and you get this disease, you could very well have a, you know, go to the hospital and maybe die. And that's true with the flu as well. So, so. amongst the freedom loving community that uh, I'm, I'm a part of here in New Hampshire, uh, there's a bit of a divide between people who wish to wear masks and people who do not. And so I was just wondering for the folks who choose to wear masks, if you could just sort of give a, a layman's tutorial on proper mask you know, sterilization technique or what you should do Throw it away. To, to maximize, <laughs> you know, if you're going to wear a mask, what should you do Eat to maximize, you know, the, the, the masks? Well, obviously you don't want to touch the inside of your mask it, it, and you know, you want to be careful what you do with it when it's not on your face. Uh, those kind of things. You, uh, so don't take it home and take it off and check right. it over where the dog lays or whatever. Don't do like I do and stick it in your pants pocket. Cause I do that because, Sometimes I carry a mask around with me just for show, you know, you right. got to put it on and, and make the show. Uh, so the mask is generally more effective in a sterile environment, like an operating theater. Right. It's not that great of a thing out in the real world. Now, a lot of people, because we go to China a lot, a lot of people in China wear them because of the smog. Well, that's a different story. You know, you're not wearing it to try and prevent disease. You're wearing it because you don't like the smell of all those chemicals in the air. Oh, interesting. So, I was not aware yeah. of that. I knew that there was a, you know, a more frequent use of masks, uh, you know, amongst the Chinese, but I didn't know why, really. And it's interesting to me that we don't see that in, like, oh, I don't know, Los Angeles, for example. Well, the smog in this country is not like overseas. Unless you go to China yourself, people don't know what real smog is hmm. because over there it is so thick that sometimes oh, you can't you can't see streetlights uh Wow. Five blocks away. Ooh. That's how that's how bad the smog gets over there. Oh, pea soup, huh? So, yeah, it's it's bad. And some and the headlights of the cars driving down the street, they look like they're cutting through fog. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, Gene, I appreciate you hanging out, uh, and thanks for the call tonight. Um, Gene, always a good caller. I like that guy. Yep. Um, I just wanted to kind of get a little more in depth with you know what he saw as treatment and that kind of a thing because I understand at a bureaucratic level that there has been you know, some change in what they're telling some of these doctors and hospitals on how to treat this thing. And I just wanted to get his perspective if he saw any of that as well. So uh, 855-450-FREE, like freedom. If you want to call, uh, we'll take your calls and your thoughts, and we'll have more coming up. It's Free Talk Live, the final segment 
of the live Monday night edition. I would give the number, but we've got uh, lots of calls holding, and we're going to attempt to get to them all. I don't know if we will make it, but we will certainly give it a shot. With you in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. And uh, let's just go ahead and do that. We've got uh, Derek, Jay, and Stephen calling on our Discord line. Derek, Jay, Stephen, you guys are on Free Talk Live. What's up? Yeah, I got some good news. I just decided a few minutes ago that the Space Disco Party is going to be happening June 27th. All are welcome. So come on down. Space Disco. It's going to be the final night of Porkfest and in the middle of Forkfest, well, or so what I like to call Somalia Fest. I really like just the name of it, Space Disco, sounds enticing to me. For those people who don't know what you're talking about, what is a Space Disco? The Space Disco is a party. It's a dance party, and it's space-themed. So you better better bring your mm. astronaut costume, your <laughs> space creature outfit and makeup. Your zero-gravity boots. Ooh. Your red it's shirt. Awesome. It's going to be spectacular. <laughs> no, don't and your imagination. No, no commies. <laughs> uh, should I join the whole away team? Is that what this is? This is an away mission? Uh, it, it, it could be. And uh, be careful with the red shirts. Well, yeah. Yeah. You might Those not things survive. will get That's you killed. I mean, That's I'm, all I wanted to say. I mean, I'm a captain, so I don't think I have to worry. But, you know, there might be a lieutenant in a red shirt or something. Yeah, you should be captain, in a gold shirt. You better have your uh, Captain Pen, your Star Trek outfit or something. <laughs> you, you've never seen He my is closet. a Star Trek guy, too, aren't you, Captain? <laughs> yeah, I came to this conclusion recently after having a discussion with some Star Wars nerds, and then Star Trek came up, that I was very light when hanging out with the Star Wars nerds on my Star Wars trivia and facts mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But as soon as Star Trek came up, I was like, oh, yeah, I know it's this, and it's that, and it's the other thing, and I kind of... <laughs> And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm more of a Trek guy than I am a Star Wars guy. I used to try and treat them both equally and fairly. And, you know, I'm just a Mm. fan of science fiction in general, particularly movies. Uh, But, yeah, it turns out I'm more of a Trek guy. Hey, Derek, you're going to like the space disco. The space disco is awesome. Yeah, I mean, you guys, this isn't your first space disco, right? Like, how many of these have you had? This is not your first (laughs) space radio (laughs) rodeo. This is space disco number two. We had one last year. I thought you and were doing... this is the second one. Huh, okay. Now we've been we've been having a series of parties called the Astra Lounge, oh. and Astra means to the stars in Latin. And this this one is is fully space themed, and Ooh. it's going to be spectacular. There's, it, it really we we've gone all out this year, dudes. That is yeah. So, so people awesome. are going to have a good time. That's all I wanted to say. Well, we right. well, hey, wait, wait, just yep. to be clear on this. This isn't happening at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's going to be on the same campground, but you don't have to be attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival to attend the Space Disco, correct? Oh, yeah. That's a great point. You know, we're going to be at Campsite 58, same as last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who attended Porkfest and Forkfest saw the dome, and um, it's going to be in the same location. So all are welcome. I encourage everyone who can to buy a Porkfest ticket mm-hmm. and participate in all the festivals happening at Rogers Campground. And the good news this year is everyone is invited. If you're not a participant of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, then the tickets are $5. If you're part of Porkfest, it's $2. Hmm. Hmm. A bargain at twice the price. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> cool. All right, gentlemen. Yeah, so I'll see you there. See you then. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks for the call tonight. 
that is cool. Uh, and yeah, you know, I, I don't have a space costume. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you got some tin foil and duct tape, bro. <laughs> we can paper mache something up for you pretty quick, man. It'd take us a couple mm. hours, but you know, some construction paper and some glue. I think we could we could dial something pretty sweet in for you, man. I mean, it wouldn't be that hard. There you go. We could always just put a couple of antenna on you, and you, you know that was sufficient for the original Star Trek. All right, uh, moving <laughs> right along in this speed round of Free Talk Live, let's go to Andy in Bowhead City, Arizona, listing on KTAX. KTOX. KTOX. Uh, you're on Free Talk Live, Andy. What's on your mind? Yes, I was, this is regarding the COVID-19. Did you hear that doctor on uh, um, ICU doctor on um, Glenn Beck show one more? I think it was 427 or 428. And he was, uh, he's a pulmonologist and he's treating the ones that are severely ill. And he says the the quinine doesn't always work for those people. And he was, uh, said he uses some. uh, immunosuppressant drugs and anti-inflammatories, and he says he has to go through seven markers. Now, what that means, probably maybe tests, or I don't know, but he hasn't lost a patient yet. This is at Cedar uh, Sinai, Tarzana, not the one in L.A. Oh, really? And I thought, yeah, I'm wondering why um, we're not hearing about his protocol. Do you know what, you know what I mean? I'm wondering why that was I only heard him that one time, and if he hasn't lost one patient and he's treating the severely ill, I want him as my doctor if I'm on the wrong side of this virus. <laughs> yeah, my guess is, having some experience in the medical industry previously, that there are many bureaucratic hoops to jump through. So it's folks like you who hear about this stuff and call into talk show radios like ours that actually get the word like that out. Uh, you know, before it can go through all the channels that it needs to go through in the medical bureaucracy. So uh, we thank you for the call tonight, Andy. That's good information. We'll look into that for sure. Well, plus some of the uh, doctors who are not, you know, toting the uh, or the, the state line, the official word on this thing, yeah. are getting cracked down on. There's a story in the New York Post uh, about a doctor who's a epidemiologist. So, you know, he's one of these guys, yep. right? Uh, former head of biostatistics, epidemiology, and research design at Rockefeller University says YouTube pulled down a video of him talking about the virus that had racked up more than 1.3 million views. Why? He's a critic of the current steps to fight coronavirus. Right, they're censoring him. He has derided social distancing, say it only prolo- uh, prolongs the virus's existence and has attacked the lockdown as mostly unnecessary. So you're censored, buddy. Yeah, yep. I, I had a similar article about yeah. that same guy in my show prep, but mm-hmm. uh, it didn't seem pertinent until now. So mm-hmm. thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate but it. But CNN is putting that little Greta chick in, in their town hall <laughs> because she's an expert on apparently epidemiology (laughs) as well as the environment it's amazing she's never even been to medical school yeah uh clearly a prodigy (laughs) all right moving right along let's go to uh mike calling from gold bar washington listening on kbkw hey thanks for taking the call captain i'll make it quick um so you know i live in gold bar it's on highway two going to wenatchee very popular highway and we're clearing a law we're getting rid of the final dinosaur single wide mobile and I live next to it. But anyway, so I'm going to have this beautiful lawn on Highway 2. And when you were talking about economics earlier and the pebbles and blah, 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 mm-hmm. I think about the price of gold and silver changing completely every day. 
Um, what do you think about maybe you could pass the word around Seattle? I'm going to start, instead of garage sales, I'm going to start a little barter fair right on the highway. And my landlord is so up for this. Doesn't that not make sense, really? You get what you really like and you're willing to trade. Oh, I've absolutely. never been to a barter fair. But I, I think under the circumstances, Gold Bar is a well trial. I think I could actually do good. Well, and, um, and I got a whole bunch of junk. Too. Gold Bar, right? You know, if you're going to start. I know barter. exactly. Right. Now, are you expecting and, and just, to get arrested for this or possibly targeted, ticketed by the goon squad? You know, no, I'm not going to. I don't want to get my landlord in trouble. But we talked about me in a mini home because I'm in a wheelchair and a travel trailer is not a good place for a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So I need a tiny home. And I talked to my landlord today and he's like, you know what? You know what? F you see whatever with the city of gold bar and do whatever you want. Hmm. And if they come asking, then we'll get a variance and make it work to go ahead and start building it. That's how we do it in gold bar. Screw them. Sorry for the profanity, but, but anyway, barter fair and gold bar can up as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's nothing better than a video of the police coming and messing with a crippled man. So make sure you make sure I do. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure you have a video camera. I'll I'll make sure I, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Thanks guys. Thanks. All right, Mike. Thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate it. Um, Also, I I think he's like missing a leg or two. I think he's mentioned that in previous calls. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's him. Uh, And and a good man, too. And also, anytime you do something like that, if you're going to open something local like that, a barter kind of thing or Mm -hmm. flea market or whatever it is, uh, it's important to put the word local in it mm-hmm. local goods local stuff you know people what I mean? like that for whatever reason that is a big draw so even I mean, if you're selling crap from china yeah yeah just, mm-hmm. you know local, local vendors local, are, you have at least one thing that's local then it's local right and you know i mean you could supplement that with all sorts of things local produce right mm-hmm. from your your neighbors farmers i know where gold bar is it's kind of out there so i know there's a lot of folks local you know, bake, baked goods people love baked goods people do right oh, yeah. i love baked yeah. goods that's for sure i also love local produce and all that kind of stuff now i'm getting hungry yeah well and uh fortunately or Unfortunately, we are out of time for this evening. So thanks to all of our listeners. Uh, thanks to Nobody and Ian. Uh, what's your website, Nobody? Uh, electnobody.com. All right. Uh, there's a lot of jobs in government that nobody should do, and I'm running for all of them. So find out more about Nobody's <laughs> campaign, and if you like, uh, give them a donation. Uh, thanks, everybody, for the time tonight. This has been... If you want to move to the free state And you're looking for some real estate Well, I know a guy who's really great It's the Realtor Mark Ward Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the liberty movement Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate He's more than just a real estate agent He's your New Hampshire concierge Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is a pandemic survival alert and the most time-sensitive messages you will hear this year. You still have time to plant a one-acre crisis garden and secure a supply of your own nutrient-dense food. But time is running out, and it's one deadline you don't want to miss. Who should plant a crisis garden? Individuals, families, churches, communities, anyone or any group that sees hard times ahead. Let's face it, even the mainline media is talking about food supply disruptions and the growing number of grocery store workers who are becoming sick. But there's more. 
meatpacking plants are closing, mile-long lines at food pantries, and more farmers now in financial trouble. The truth is, growing nutrient-dense vegetables this summer may be the single most important thing you do. Go to survivalseedbank.com and watch the new video to understand what we're really up against. Get free bonus seeds, special quarantine reports, too. Don't wait. Every minute counts. Go to survivalseedbank.com. That's survivalseedbank.com. Oh, my God. 